Hello from Bear and Kura, a podcast from the Land of Oz Information Services. I love you, Kura. I love you, Bear. This is episode 59 of the Bear and Kura podcast. We're going to talk about chronic pain. What is chronic pain? Chronic pain, I think the medical definition is pain that goes on for more than three months. That sounds about correct to me. And it doesn't have to be constant pain 24 hours a day. It can be intermittent, but the same kind of pain in the same area. The same diagnosis kind of. It persists for more than three months. That would make sense. Yeah, it's, that's what I was going to answer with. What yeah. are the causes of chronic pain? Like any kind of medical reason, like mine. Pretty much any kind of pain, any anything that can be done. I mean, any anything can cause it. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, I would guess that the most common causes are like scars, improperly healed wounds, bones that don't heal properly. Well, probably like back problems. Yeah, that would be, that's not bones. That's what the, um, the nervous system, the, the discs, the soft yeah. discs between the bones erode away and allow the bones to pinch on the nerves. Yeah. How is chronic pain diagnosed? Well, it's not like they can stick a meter on you and say, oh, you have, 10 milligrains of pain. All, all they can do is go by what you say. You can say, I hurt a lot. Yeah, it's, it's taking your word for it. They, they have a, a scale of 1 to 10. But that changes depending on how you are. And, you know, who your doctor is. I mean, there's you say, my pain is 8. And they go, well, eight means you should be in the hospital. Well, okay, then I guess according to your definition, it's four. Yeah. It, there's no standard. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's your word. You hate saying it's your word against theirs, but it's your word of, it's, it's subjective. If you're high, like, I think I have a high tolerance for pain. So my, my four could be someone's eight. I guess I have a higher tolerance of pain than I thought I did because I walked around with a burst garble, a burst gallbladder, and while I was in pain, I I wasn't double over in the hospital. Yeah, I'm in pain every day, and some days are worse than others, and some moments are worse than others. So it's just part of life nowadays. And I I think also when you concentrate on the pain. It's it's worse than when you're distracted by other things. Oh, I agree. I mean, your brain has this capacity to to say, "Okay, I've been hearing this sound for an hour. This is a normal sound. I'm not going to pay attention to it anymore." Mm-hmm. And any kind of stimulus, I think your brain can do that with. Yeah, no, I I agree. I mean, there's, I mean, there is days though where it's my, like will bother me so much where I can't think about anything else. But those don't happen that often, thank God. But no, I mean, then there's other days where it's just it's annoying and it hurts, and I if I sit there and just think about it, it 
it just lingers. Then if I get up and go do something uh, to keep my mind off of it, it just, it'll still hurt, but it's, it's not as bad. How is chronic pain treated? Well, through different things, different, you know, uh, injections, pills, medicine, shock therapy. <laughs> I don't know if they do it with shock therapy. I mean, do you know of any other treatments, really? Well, I would guess the most common treatment is with opioids. Yeah, it, unfortunately. Uh, a pill that you swallow that what it does is the pain receptors in your brain, re re chemicals go into those pain receptors and opioids will fill them up so that there's no room left for the pain chemicals to get in. Uh, I suspect it also provides a degree of euphoria where you, if you have pain, you don't care. Mm. It happened, well, a, a long, long time ago. You, you may remember when doctors and hospitals started asking people to rate their pain. And that all happened because of a bunch of lawsuits where people said that they were in pain and the hospital didn't do anything about it or ignored their, their complaints. And they suffered and got lots and lots of insurance settlement money because they were suffering in pain and nobody did anything about it. So hospitals started asking people about their pain, even if it was things that you wouldn't necessarily associate pain with. So this big push on treating pain and, and stopping people from having pain got to where they were pushing. It got to where um, they were sending people home with a whole bunch of pain medicine and they were taking more than they needed. And suddenly the prescription ran out and they didn't have any more pain medicine. And, it, it wasn't very well managed. Mm -hmm. um, they were trying to avoid lawsuits, basically, and putting the onus on the person to monitor themselves. And there's a whole lot of people that can't do that. And a lot of people, you know, that's why we're going through an opioid crisis right now, because there is uh, there is stories of people getting, a lot of stories of people getting hooked on them. And then they, they can no longer get them from the doctors, and then they turn to go into street drugs. And it turns out that heroin kind of is supposed to act the same thing, same way as, as, as the opioids do. So then people are getting hooked on that and getting cooked on you. And, and that leads to one thing to another. Now fentanyl is really big, which is synthetic morphine. And then now that's been a big problem, especially around here. So, I mean, I had a very, Dear friend of mine, OD, from basically same story. She broke an ankle, and there was a known doctor here in town who was no longer in business. Him and his wife um, got sent away for the rest of their lives. But uh, basically, it was a pill mill, and uh, she went in to see him uh, for a broken ankle, and he he gave her a prescription for a very strong dosage of uh, oxycotton, which is which generally prescribed to people with uh like stage four cancer so she should have never been prescribed that 
she got prescribed this. And then uh, her and her boyfriend at the time decided to start shooting it. So they quit for a while, and then they kind of got their hands on some more pills, and she OD'd on it and died. So and at the time, she had a four-year-old little boy, and he was there at the house when the, her family found her. So and she was one of my best friends at the time. So and that's been over 20 years now. What are the challenges of living with chronic pain? Uh, it sucks. I mean, you can answer this, too. You have chronic pain. It's just, it's just kind of a cloud that follows you around. That's the best way I can describe it. Some days it's really dark and cloudy. Some days it's mostly sunny. But that cloud's always there. So it kind of just tags along with you. And sometimes it decides to storm and sometimes it doesn't. So, And there's no rhyme or reason with it. Um, I mean, that's my best description of it. I mean, would you describe it any different? I would describe it as something that's treatable, but with planning. I like to go for a walk in the park, um, not so much for my physical health, but more for my mental health. And I have to plan ahead. I, my doctor will prescribe pain medicine for me, but it's it's not very much, and it's really just right below the level where I would have to go into pain management if I if I needed more. So before I, or on days when I plan to go for a walk, I have to plan about an hour ahead of time to take the, the medicine. Otherwise, I just can't do it. Yeah. Well, how would you describe mine then? I, I, you, you obviously need a lot more. Yeah. Pain medicine than I do. You you must have more pain. Yeah. It's 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 too bad that there is no measurement that you can do or have the doctor go into your mind for a day and, and see what it's like. Yeah. Because with the, the opioid crisis that's going on, they they don't want to contribute to it. So they want to keep you on just the bare minimum of of pain level uh, that's tolerable also when when you take a a pain pill that's supposed to be a four-hour pill that means you have one hour where the pain lowers or the pain lessens at the beginning and you have one hour where the pain comes back so you're really only getting two hours of pain relief out of your four-hour pain pill Mm -hmm. yeah no, and they say they last four to six hours. I've never really, I mean, I'll convince myself that they, they last six hours, but I know that's not true because I can feel it. And then my, my pain's kind of tricky, though, because it's, it's you get mad when I, when I refer to it as a phantom pain because a lot of people don't understand that. But it's basically my body reacts to thinking my limb is still there and that my brain is still triggered to the trauma that it received before it was amputated. So my brain still thinks that my foot has a big hole in it and that it's still there. Cause I was, and then, and like a lot of people don't understand when I say it hurts, it's not necessarily that I feel that foot again, even though sometimes it feels like I do, and that it's like, oh, I can just imagine that it's not there because it's not there. Well, my brain's telling me that it's there and that it hurts. 
and then you know then there's just so do you, do you do you see what i'm saying i think the term phantom pain is an actual term but the problem with it is people think that it's all in your head mm -hmm. that i don't know if you get some kind of hypnosis or something it'll go away uh, actually, all pain that you have is actually in your head. Mm -hmm. It's uh, chemicals received through your nerves. It's a way for your, it's a way for your body that, to protect itself. Yeah, um, like part of me wishes that you know you could just turn off. I mean, basically turning off your central nervous system. But it is a way for your whole body to protect itself. It's a way from your body to say, "Hey, there's something going on here. There's something wrong. Do something about it." You know, there's times where I wish that I could turn off my central nervous system, but then what happens when I cut my hand when I'm chopping vegetables or something like that, you wouldn't know it if your central nervous system didn't work. So, therefore, that wouldn't be beneficial at all. What are the resources available to people living with chronic pain? Well, I, would, I would say definitely pain management. Um, it's both a, both a blessing and a curse. Mm -hmm. It's doctors who know about the problem that you're having more than just a medical, what do you call it, a, a general medical doctor like your family doctor who has to know a little bit about a whole lot of things. A pain management specialist doctor knows all about people's pain and how to deal with it. Yeah, that's pretty much the only resource out there, isn't it? Do you agree? Yeah. And um, most doctors won't, they, they won't treat chronic pain. Um, they will say, you need to go to a, a pain management place. Because they're worried about being sued. Uh, they probably just don't want to deal with the hassle of people asking for pain medicine all the time. Yeah, because it's, it's a monthly thing. Yeah. They can only prescribe so much per month, and they need, it's not a... A refillable prescription, considering it's it's a controlled substance, so they constantly you constantly have to follow up with your doctor for it. Like, I talk to my pain management clinic more so than my primary care doctor. I see my primary care doctor once every six months, whereas I talk to my pain management doctor once every month. So even though the phone calls or you know the the visits are short and sweet. I've been lucky. I've been able to do telemedicine for the past, well, since the pandemic. You know, I have to get on the phone call with them. And then there's there's follow-up. You know, I have to do your analysis all the time to make sure that there's the proper amount and that I'm not using anything else. It's just, you know. And, and to be sure that you are using it and not selling it. Yeah. Yeah, because if, if, you, if you test the things in your blood system, then they'll cut you off because then they, they're like, well, what are you doing with the medicine that we're providing? I've heard of stories about that, people not taking their medicine and then the, the doctor saying, well, we're going to stop treating you because you're not using it correctly. Because it is something that you're supposed to deal with on a daily basis. You just don't. That's what they want you to do is you, you treat it every day. Just like if it was a, like a chronic disease. So. And, and pain doctors, uh, they keep track of what you're taking and they keep cycling through different types of medicine so that your body won't get um, used to it. Build a resilience to and, it. Uh, yeah, build a resistance. 
uh, I don't know. I, I would think some people would think that going to pain management is a defeatist thing, but it's it's a hassle, but it, it's it's also necessary. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know what I would do if I didn't have it. I'd be miserable. Can you imagine living with me if I couldn't? Hmm. <laughs> well, I, what was it like before they discovered pain medicine? Uh, people lived out their whole lives suffering. It would be terrible. And then, I mean, and then there's these horror stories where they do go to pain management and the pain management doesn't believe them and these people still suffer. But the pain management doctors are kind of handcuffed on what they can prescribe. You hear these nightmare stories where these people are living with chronic pain, but they can't get the proper care to, to suffice to deal with it. But I mean, even my pain management doctor is like, you're going to still have to deal with pain. It's not a, it's not a fix. It doesn't, and I still do. I mean, the pain management just kind of nulls the pain most of the time. But it's still, even when I take the medicine, there's still pain there. It just makes it livable, where I can still function. What's it like to live with chronic pain? It sucks. <laughs> That's the best way to put it. Sorry. <laughs> you should see the look on Bear's face. <laughs> it's just a constant grind. It's there. It's in the back. It's kind of like dealing with diabetes. It's always there. It never leaves. It's just, it's baggage that you get to carry around with you. Trust me, if I could not have it, I would definitely <laughs> give it away. I, you know, get rid of it permanently. But it's just, it's not a cross that I'd like to bear. But it's, you know, kind of been the cards that I've been dealt. So I just, what else to do? You know, you just can't give up. How would you describe it? It is a burden. It's saying that it's a lot like diabetes is true it's it's just something that's never going to go away something that i will always have to deal with that sounds defeatist but that's really the way it is yeah i mean it's the best way to describe it how has chronic pain affected your life well for me it's meant a lot more planning like i said earlier if I want to go for a walk or know that we're going to go on a major shopping spree or something like that, I have to plan ahead and take some pain medicine before, like I said, about an hour for before. I, I don't know that the planning is as necessary for you because your pain is more constant. So you're, you don't have to say, well, I'm going to be doing this, so I have to take this. For you, it's more like I just have to take it all the time, isn't that right? Yeah, yeah. It's but mine's more like living by six hour clock because that's what I'm prescribed and that's how I take it. Like if me and you plan on going to the zoos and say it's at four o'clock in the afternoon, well, you know, I, I'll 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 know that I okay I took my pain medication at this time. So if we're going to be at the zoo for a few hours, then I better bring some pain medicine with me so I could take it when that time runs out. And then I try to stick to that because if I don't, then what I'm going to do is I'm going to leave myself short later on in the day. So I just try to block it off. And it, it kind of sucks because it's basically living on a, a, a six hour countdown. So that's why I 
you know, I, you know, I try to talk to my doctor into getting a longer lasting, like more of a time released medication. But then the, the cost on that was just ridiculous. And then to get insurance to cover it was next to impossible. So sometimes it's a battle. You just, you got to pick your battles. In fact, I think both of us, our pain medicine, we just use the GoodRx app to, to get it because by the time all the paperwork is done for insurance to approve it, um, I mean, you've gone a month. Well, it would be like two to, two, two to four weeks between the time that you get it filled to get it approved by your... And in our state, the doctors are not allowed to write a prescription for more than 28 days. Mm -hmm. So you, you would never get it in time before that it ran out and they'd have to write a new one. Yeah, so you would go, you would basically go about a month without your medicine, then get it filled, wait another month, get it filled, wait another month. So yeah, it's the best. So insurance doesn't cover any, any of our... We, we pretty much have to pay that out of pocket. Yeah. So, so you know, thank, thank goodness there's good RX out there. And that forces you to use the cheaper medicines and, and the, the more expensive stuff you, you just can't do. Yeah. What are the things you find most challenging about living with chronic pain? Like I said, it's just always there. You know, you never know how bad it's going to be. If you're going to have a good day or a bad day. And like I said, it's it's that cloud that kind of follows you around. Sometimes, like I said, it's, it can be a really stormy, stormy day. And you never know. You know, you could wake up in the morning and, and feel perfectly fine. And then it can come on like a bear later in the afternoon. It It just depends on when it wants to rear its ugly head more so than the other. I mean, it's constantly there. But it just... So there's good days and there's bad days. So, and it's just something you have to understand that you have no control over would be the best way I could describe it. Well, the thing that I find most challenging is that opioids really are the only therapy, and therefore they are giving you a physically addicting product to deal with your pain. And that's really not something that, that should be done. No. Somebody who's who's who has chronic pain who who takes medicine, he, if you tell them, well, yeah, you're physically addicted to that. If you go off, you're going to have withdrawal. They get offended. I'm not one of those people. Well, yeah, you are. Yeah, and they don't tell you that when they pre prescribe the drugs to you either. I guess you should know that, but yeah, they don't tell you that when they prescribe them. They never warn you. They do now. They give you the little warning label on the on the pills, but they, they in generally, I mean, I don't remember when they prescribed them to me that there would be these terrible withdrawals because there's been times in the past where I've run out and then so just get my prescription refilled over the weekend and go to the, you go to the pharmacy and they're like, oh, the doctor never called that in. And then you do go through these terrible withdrawals and it's terrible what your body, what your body does. I just think it's unconscionable that a pain management place would close their phone lines and have no method of getting a hold of them over the weekend. Yeah. It's, it's just, 
needlessly making people suffer mm-hmm. because they forgot to do something on a Friday. Yeah. Well, you've seen me go through it. Yeah. And I, mean, and, and, and I gave them an earful. Yeah. Because I'm not. I, I said, not only is he suffering, I suffer because I have to watch it. Yeah. And I'm not the most pleasant person in the world to be around with <laughs> when I get like that. Because it's just, you're already in pain, and then it's it's just even worse. And then and then you deal with the pain, but then you deal with the withdrawals. And, you know, opioids, lack of a better term, they clog you up. So when you stop taking them, you have the, <laughs> the, the unfortunate side effects of that. Next thing you know, you're in the bathroom quite a bit. Hmm. But... Yeah, and then, I mean, it's in the side effects of it. I mean, I get nauseous. You just hurt all over. The pain's even, obviously, even worse. But then you feel other pains because your body's going through withdrawal, sweats, all sorts of different side effects that are not, not fun. What are things you find most helpful in managing your chronic pain? Well, one thing, sleep helps. Proper sleep helps. Exercise, getting up and about helps. Eating properly helps, I find. There's a few things that you can do besides the medication. But those are things that, because I know if I don't get a good night's rest, if it's weird, my pain seems worse. So I, I try to get sleep when I, I, I'm terrible about being on a schedule. You know that. But, a good night's rest always seems to help me out quite a bit. And then when I, you when you have pain and the medicine isn't helping, do you try to sleep through it? Yeah. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. I, I know that some rich, rich, rich people who are get addicted to drugs, they'll go to the hospital and have themselves put in a medically induced coma. So they don't have to so that they don't experience their withdrawal symptoms. Wow, be a nice way to take care of if you ever wanted to quit, <laughs> quit it. But you're still going to have that chronic pain. Well, I don't. I, I think in those cases, it's people. It's, they're not taking it for pain. They're taking it for the euphoria. Yeah. So no, but I, I normally try to. If it's like that, I, I, I you try to sleep. If my even if I'm taking my medication. And it's still bothering me. I try to sleep. When you're in that much pain, you just want time to go by. And a good way to make time go by is to sleep. So you can kill an hour or two by sleeping. And it's amazing that your body can shut down those receptors while you're asleep. So that's I, I do. I, I try to sleep. And the worst is when it's so bad that you can't sleep. And... You take your medication and it still hurts and you're looking at the clock going, okay, well, I got to wait another four or five hours to take more medicine. And then you basically just stare at the clock. What are the most promising new treatments for chronic pain? Well, there are several. For one, there's been under development for quite some time now a pill that blocks pain without giving the euphoria so it's not a it's a not habit forming and and people won't take it 
Just for fun. Yeah, yeah, just for fun. It blocks pain, but it doesn't doesn't make you feel good. Now, I I personally don't get the the feeling good part because I don't like that feeling. I I, I like having control over myself and my life. Yeah. But that seems to be the, the main reason people take opiates recreationally. And I, I don't know. There, there must be some pretty bad side effects or some unexpected problems or complications with the studies because I've heard about studies about chemicals like that for many years now, and I haven't seen any of them released. No, neither have I. There is also a therapy where they open you up surgically and implant sensors um, either in the, 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 the nerves in your limbs or on your spine, and you can turn it on and it will block any of your, your pain from, from there on down. And people you know, who've, who've been in a, a terrible accident or something like that, who have very, very bad chronic pain will resort to that. I don't know that they would do something like that for your pain because it, it, you, you don't have a, a little toe somewhere that's mangled that, that's constantly saying, I'm in pain, that you know, your whole foot has been removed. So I don't think there's any place where they could put a medical, uh, uh, an electric probe that would cut your pain because it's, it's really your, your brain. Mm -hmm. I guess they could maybe open up your head and put uh, an electrode somewhere where, wherever your pain is being received at, but that seems awfully dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like a lot of, uh, could be some sort of side effects to that. So, um, Opioids, as dangerous as they are, probably are the only solution for yeah. that. I think they would have come up with something if they could have already. You know, I'm just happy that they keep working on it. It's the best thing we can ask for right now. Well, this wasn't really as bitchy of a episode as I thought it would be. I thought we would do a lot more complaining about our pain, but we're it's actually been kind of factual, and I suppose people who don't deal with chronic pain. Maybe after listening to this, they'll understand it a little better. Yeah, hopefully. All right, it's favorite time of the week. What's your favorite joke right now? What scale is pain measured in? Mm, don't know. What scale is pain measured in? Megahertz. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Not one of your best ones. We hope you've enjoyed episode 59 of the Bear and Kura podcast. This is Bear. And Kura. Goodbye. Goodbye. You have been listening to the Bear and Kura podcast, a production of the Land of Oz Information Services. We can be contacted via email using the address podcast at oz.com. And Oz is spelled A-W-E-S.
This show is part of the Pride 48 Network. Find all the best shows under the rainbow at pride48.com.